all, welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Guichet, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, guys, you had to have known that this day was coming. It's an episode all about the Enneagram. If you've followed me for any amount of time, you know I can't stop talking about it. And today you're going to get a deep dive into why. My guest, KJ, is a therapist and a writer out of North Carolina, where she lives with her husband and two dogs. We connected via Instagram over our mutual love of the Enneagram, and I am so excited for y'all to hear our conversation. We unpack why we love this personality decipher so much, what it's taught us, what it's not for, and how to find your type. And it's really such a great, such a fun conversation. I can't wait for y'all to hear KJ, hey, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. So yeah. fun to be with you. Um, So before we jump in, I want to give the listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. So you go ahead and give us like a little Cliff Notes background of KJ. Ooh, a Cliff Notes background. Um, <laughs> so I am a writer and a therapist. Uh, I love to help people see the beauty in their lives, especially in the places of their pain. And so, yeah, I'm writing my first book. That's super exciting. So exciting. I just moved. And so my life is a big mess. So, yeah, that's a little Cliff Notes version of me. Yeah. Four, which we're going to talk about a little bit. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So you, like, segued us perfectly, because if anybody has listened to any episodes of the podcast, they know that I am in a deep, committed relationship with the Enneagram. Uh, and so that's how you and I actually originally connected, was on Instagram talking about the Enneagram. Yes, and I love that you put it that way. That's awesome. <laughs> Me too. I am in a deep, committed relationship with the Enneagram, too. You are. You know, we're both the Enneagram's girlfriends. I know, I love it. I feel like, I mean, the Enneagram has a lot of girlfriends, especially right now. Like it's, it's, there's a surge, but I'm into it. Um, So you're a four, like you mentioned earlier. I need you to like, tell us a little bit about fours. Okay. So fours are often called the romantics or the individualists. And we are big pain, a big pain in the ass. Um, hope that's okay. Oh, 100%. Podcast, but yeah, we're kind of difficult people to be in relationship with. I'm just going to go straight for the negative. Yeah, no, do um, it. Yeah, straight for the jugular. We're really intense. We're really intense. And your type is too, really. Mm-hmm. In, you're an eight, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we're, we have a intensity about who we are. And I think the thing that makes it difficult to be in relationship with us is that we're always trying to be different than the people around us. Mm -hmm. And so there's often a push-pull that goes on in our relationships, and that can be frustrating. But on on the really good side, we're deeply empathetic and we're people that help others 
go to their place of pain and sit there. So it's, you know, the most probably cliche thing ever that I read about suffering and pain, but that's, that's who God made me to be someone who can take people there. Um, So yeah, we we're often artistic, creative, we feel things really deeply, mm-hmm. and we try to create beauty out of that. And I think isn't, isn't there, it's the romantic or the individualist and you're, it's really important to you to be understood, right? Yeah. Isn't it? It's like a whole like, that can kind of be the struggle is feeling like you're not understood and a desire to be understood. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I mean, I spent my whole life <laughs> up until learning about my type, finally, um, just feeling misunderstood. I still feel misunderstood, yeah. but now I don't feel so hung up about it. I don't feel quite as angsty about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's been a major driving force in my life mm-hmm. is feeling like no one really gets me. And because of that, I don't matter and I feel ashamed of who I am. Like I'm too much. Um, And so that, that narrative for a four really shapes how we see the world and ourselves. And it's the narrative that needs to be adjusted and Mm -hmm. reimagined because it's not ultimately totally true. Right. And it's interesting that you say that because I have had so many conversations with people in reference to the Enneagram about I always felt this way. I always felt alone in X, Y, Z. Like for you, it was being misunderstood. For me, it was being like loud and big. And then you find the Enneagram and you're like, how did somebody write write my whole life story without knowing me? How is that possible? I remember mm-hmm. just being like, okay, well, if someone was capable of writing this, then there means there are other people like this out there. Because I think mm-hmm. that's uh, something that we believe is that, like, I'm the only person that's not understood. I'm the only person that feels this need to be understood. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so many people, when it comes to the Enneagram, like, that's what it comes down to is that finding the Enneagram was like, wait, how did how did they know this? How could they have written this? Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Yeah. And I think a note for fours, if there's if there's people that like think they might be a four, or they're they're figuring out their type, is that it's often kind of difficult for us to be typed. Mm-hmm. Um, so the feeling, like you get to that feeling that you're talking about eventually, but at first, for a lot of fours, some might some might recognize themselves in it right away, but a lot of us uh, really don't want to be defined like for it to be that easy like right 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 so it's part of who we are that we really don't want to be labeled or put into a category and so it's often really difficult for us to find our type um and like for me it took over a year to find Mm -hmm. my type I so my husband and I mistyped me as a one for Mm -hmm. for over a year and I felt so misunderstood in that process so that actually was the thing that helped me then realize that I was a four because of it triggered this deep grief in me of being misunderstood it helped me actually get in touch with parts of my story that I had not gone to in a long time of really how I felt that way especially in my childhood so it was quite Yeah, I feel like process. that would be especially difficult for a four to mistype. Yes. Like if all of yes. all the types to mistype, maybe that would be the one that we want to get it right the first time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it wasn't it was not fun for me. Yeah. And by 
but uh, I guess next to that, then it was not also fun for my husband because we're intense, like I yeah. said. So yeah. that meant I was, we had lots of like vicious fight, like not fights, but vicious conversations around, you're just not getting me. Right. You know? and, right. and I was not happy about it. I was angry and, you know, that yeah. I there mistyped, was some deep intensity. Yeah. I mistyped as a three when I first. Okay. Uh, kind of like got into the Enneagram and it was a couple of months, I think it wasn't super long, but it was a couple months uh-huh. of not feeling like I fully identified with a three. There were, there are a lot of things about threes that I was like, I mean, I know you can't be all things of a type. So maybe that's just, you know, maybe I just don't identify with that. And then I just really had never dug into the other types And so Mm -hmm. as I started to just really learn to love the Enneagram, not just like for me, but loving it for relationships and understanding other people. And I start learning about the other types and I'm reading about eights going, whoa, holy cow, Like this is me. And like reading stuff to my husband and he's like, you're not a three. Whatever that number is, is what you are. You are not a three. I am such an eight, you know, so. I love that you say that. Yes, it is. It's very painful, but I love that you share that story because I get so frustrated with the way that most people use the Enneagram. They view it as a test. First of all, people, it is not a test. Mm -hmm. It is a system. Mm -hmm. It's really a spiritual formation tool and process. It's not a test. Mm -hmm. And so no one test out there can tell you your type. You actually have to read about all of the types and you have to think about your life story and you need to go slowly. Mm -hmm. You need to take your time because you don't actually know yourself as well as you do at first glance. And the Enneagram is about exposing the deepest, hardest things in you and in your soul. And you don't want to be exposed. No. So, so you're going to resist that on a subconscious level. So you can't just off the bat, always know your type. You, no. you really do have to take some time. And, and it's like a really interesting... I wish people would do that. I know. There's a really interesting t- statistic about, like, some ridiculous percentage of American women mistype as a two. Oh, totally. Yes. Yes. And then, especially Christian... Christian women. Yes. Yeah. And because so... we're supposed to be helpful. The helper. Right. The helpmate. The Neither of us are, so. No, right, no, yeah, there's, like, so, like, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've, my women's Bible study that I go to, we did a day where we just talked about the Enneagram, and the, one of the first questions I asked was, raise your hand if you typed as a two, (laughs) and it was a substantial amount of the people, and I was like, okay, here's, some of you are twos, for sure, I mean, there have to be twos in this room. But you're, there's no way you're all twos. There's no way. And digging into it, we found threes and sevens and like nines. And so, and nines and twos mistype all of the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's a nugget to take away from this episode. Like if you're a two and it just doesn't feel right, or if you're a two and you've never dug into the other types, like, do a little digging. Do a little research. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to, like, link some really good resources. You might not be a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because mistyping and- is super common, and it's even yes. more common for twos. Definitely. Definitely. And it can be such a healing thing for 
someone who has mistyped as a two, a woman who has mistyped as a two to learn their actual type and to know that they can be different. They don't have to be a certain type of woman. You know, mm-hmm. we can be more intense and that could still be a really beautiful thing. Absolutely. You know? And twos are wonderful too. Oh my gosh. We don't twos all are have right. to be twos. Thank and God. It's, you know? it's such a mirror of the body of Christ. Like <laughs> the body of Christ is made up of all different kinds of people and there are arms and there are hands and there are legs and there are feet. And it's the same exact thing for the Enneagram. Like the Enneagram is not the Enneagram without all of the types. And so I think it's really common to like look at another type and want to be more like that. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a more quiet, gentle two or, you know, nine to look at an eight or a three and want to be that. And I, as an eight, have looked at my two of my best friends are nines. And I'm like, gosh. It'd be nice to be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it would no, be nice to be. My like... husband is a nine, and uh, I, yeah. I think that often. Yes. Yeah. So I think you like have to take ownership of your type, which the Enneagram is so overwhelming. Like mm-hmm. you're being shown, like exactly like you said earlier, you're being shown all the worst parts of yourself, and I think because we're human, our nature is to zero in on those things. Because the Enneagram does a really good job of showing us all the really great things about ourselves as well. Um, Mm. But it's going to expose the gross parts of you. Like for eights, it's that tendency to railroad people or a tendency for anger. But it also allows you to take ownership of those things and start to walk in redemption of those areas. You know, Mm. like, yes, anger is my primary emotion. A hundred percent. And I am working on it. But I've also learned that like there is righteous anger getting fired up about injustice like god loves that about me god loves that he made me that way and when i allow him to like redeem that and make it look more like him then it's just taking ownership of these things that my whole life i've hated about myself so Mm -hmm. like i feel like you for sure as a four have to have like experienced that kind of stuff oh definitely (laughs) yeah yeah and taking ownership is a really great thing, and it's a really painful thing mm-hmm. um, that I can't I, – I really am – God is inviting me to not be stuck in my emotional roller coaster pattern, uh, mm-hmm. that he is actually inviting me to more stability and security in him. Like, that sounds really great, right? right. Um, but how it feels and how it looks in the moment – it feels like dying. Mm -hmm. It it feels like death to have to choose to be kind to my spouse when I would rather sit in a big puddle of self-pity. You know, there's a death that happens, and, and that's true for every type, that when we have to move against our, our vices, we have to move against our our normal pattern of things in order to step into wholeness, it really feels like dying. And that's a good thing because mm-hmm. there are parts of us that are not who we really are. Yep. And, and you have to die to something to really live to who you really are in Christ. That death to self is painful, exactly like you're saying, but the beauty that comes out of it 
on the other side, you know, dying to myself, to my controlling nature. What's on the other side is resting in Christ and his faithfulness and in that he is in control and that that is infinitely better, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think I've had friends who have gotten into the Enneagram and then been like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to, I don't, I don't like, I've literally had people say, I don't want to be this self-aware. I don't Mm want to do this. This is hard. I'm like, yes, it is so, (laughs) so hard. And I think that sanctification always is, but having your worst parts laid out in front of you in bullet points (laughs) makes it so that you're like, they're right there. There, mm-hmm. It becomes so much less searching and grasping and I don't even like, is this bad or should I change this? And it's like, okay, I as a three, like, so we don't talk about fours and eights the whole time. Like <laughs> as a yeah. three, like I have a tendency to need success or if I'm not successful, I need to look like I'm successful. Okay. So like Christ is going to take that and he's going to force you to die to it. He's going to force you to die to it and that that success is his and that when he wins, you win. And it's hard because it's these things that are innately like ingrained in your personality type that I think God's asking you to hand over. Right. Well, I think the the things like that for for each type where you are driven to success or for me to be different and to be seen. Um, Those are the things that we use to keep ourselves from really feeling vulnerable, Mm -hmm. from feeling pain. And so having to face them because the Enneagram exposes them, it makes your work very clear to you. Uh, having to face them means having to experience deep vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And the really cool part is that when you have to step into that place of exposure and you have to turn away from this, you have to relinquish your grasp on this thing that made you feel like you were safe, even though you're really not, mm-hmm. um, then you get to kind of rest you get to fall back into the arms that already were holding you mm-hmm. into into Christ holding you together and then you get to experience this way more beautiful security but it really does look like relinquishing something that you have your hands really tightly coiled onto you know and trust and fall it's hard <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's real it is kind of like a trust fall mm-hmm. often and you know, you know that in your hardest moments, I'm sure when you are angry about something and you really don't want to be controlled by someone else, it does feel extremely scary to to choose the other way. Yes, absolutely. Because I think it's that it's exactly what we said. It's a false sense of security. My anger is a fake security blanket that I wrap <laughs> around me that protects me from feeling things I don't want to feel. It protects me from being controlled by people I don't want to be controlled by. It protects me from people getting too close. But it also is keeping me from all of these things that Christ has for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that you you can can insert that into every single type. Absolutely. Take Take your flesh's, your type's default. Take a seven's need to 
always be bouncing from thing to thing in an effort to avoid difficult feelings, in an effort to avoid difficult conversations. And you strip that away. You force a seven to give up that security blanket. And then they get to, like, have real relationships and Mm -hmm. deep relationships that go past, you know, something gets difficult and they peace out. Like, they are able, they step into that and Christ enables that in them. And, oh, my gosh, they get to experience these intimate, incredible friendships and feelings that if they had stayed wrapped up in that security blanket, they wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I think that's, I think that that is. It is very difficult to come up with a favorite thing about the Enneagram because, like, it legit has changed my life. I mean, finding yeah. the Enneagram. I mean, I literally have people ask. I've had people on Instagram ask if I'm, like, sponsored by the Enneagram because I talk <laughs> like, about Like, it. that would be possible. I know. I'm like, uh, if you figure out how, let me know because I'm a great candidate. Like, if, like, the the... The Illuminati of Enneagram is sponsoring people like I'm in because I talk about it like I'm sponsored. Yeah. But I also feel like people don't get it until they're in. Yes. Well, and that's what I was going to say, like what you're what we're talking about with this, this exposure, this kind of relinquishment. um, It's not it's not what most people want. We all really, we all really are longing for wholeness, but we don't all really want it and we aren't all ready to step into it. And that's why it's almost ironic that the Enneagram is so popular right now, because if people really knew what they were starting to interact with, um, they, and and I think this happens to a lot of people, they would actually, uh, choose to set it aside because it is so exposing and, and it's so, I think that's why so many people use it at, on a really surface level mm-hmm. because they, they are afraid of doing the deeper work. And, and I just, I really hope that people listening will see that there, there is something really beautiful here um, and, and they can take their time um, this mm-hmm. is exposure and that is really painful, but, but God is patient with us mm-hmm. and, it, and he's not going to, to take us somewhere um, and leave us alone to suffer and <laughs> feel terrible. He's right. Gonna he's not going to like lead you to your type. Be like, this is all the stuff you have to work with. Okay. Figure it out. Like yeah, clean yourself up and then come back to me. Right, like, that's no. not how he works. It's not no. how he works. And I just really hope that people will, I really want more people to be able to interact with it on that deeper level because there's so much goodness there, but they're really, it's, it's a misuse of the tool to just, you know, look up your type on the Enneagram Institute and have that be the end of it. And then go around talking about, Oh, I'm a two. So I do this and this. And, Mm -hmm. and, and if you, if that's where you end your journey with the Enneagram, um, you're really doing yourself a disservice. Absolutely. So because I, I hope think, people you know, go you, further. You push in on your, your, I think it's a very natural progression. You push in on your own type. You start doing your own digging and looking at the things that it's exposing and that it's taking away from you. And then once you kind of get some like stable footing in that part, then you start being able to look into the types of the people that you love. And learn mm-hmm. about them and learn about how your type interacts with that type and how that type 
feels loved and what their struggles are. And then you can go you even further expand out from there and just start to learn about all of the types so that when you're interacting with people in your job or just in day to day, it really is such an incredible tool. I mean, the Enneagram has been huge for my marriage. Oh, gosh, mine too. (laughs) So huge. So huge. I mean, my husband is a one and I'm an eight and I, I don't under, why do you, why do you care so much? Why do you care about everything so much? Why, like, why does like this and this and this being out of place bother you so much? And like digging into the perfectionist, understanding the roots of those things, it has given me so many tools in my tool belt to love him better, to be patient, Mm -hmm. to walk with him in his own like exposing and unveiling and taking away of the security blanket. And so it is like exactly what you said is such a tool. And if all you do is find out about the surface level of your type. I mean, I get it, but I think KJ and I both want to challenge you to like use it for what it's really for and dig in so mm-hmm. much deeper than that. Yeah, ultimately it is a tool both for transformation. It's a tool to help you be more whole and a tool that's going to create empathy yes. in you for yourself and others. And it's going to move you towards others and your own places of pain in a way that you can actually have kindness and you can you can extend the love of God to yourself and others. So you really need that. But I, I would have a caution there as well. Um, because the Enneagram is so uh, popular right now, I think a lot of people can get maybe too not too into the Enneagram but like too focused on it Mm -hmm. and I think so much of the transformative work actually happens when we let the Enneagram stick stay in kind of the the recesses of our mind Mm -hmm. uh, when it's something that informs our understanding of ourselves and others but we aren't focusing so much on it yeah we're not Um, defined by it we're not defined by it. You know, I am a four, but I, but I'm supposed to be more than that. God's right. inviting me to more, but also it's, it's a tool that's supposed to help, um, push me into, into my, into presence. So into the presence of God and into being more present with the people in my life. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, if I'm spending all of my time, um, only working on, my type structure and all the, I don't know, all the things that the Enneagram tells you, I'm actually going to miss out on the real purpose of it. So I guess what I'm saying is go slow and be patient with it, but also let it be something that that just kind of informs you mm-hmm. over time and, and moves you into really... Um, into new habits and ways of being, new spiritual disciplines that kind of run counter to your regular pattern of doing things and uh, new habits with your family and your friends. So it's it's about the Enneagram, but it's really about being more present to yourself, to God yes. and others. Yes, I think it's using it as a tool and not as... Because I heard uh, the... 
the father, he's not really the father of the Enneagram, but I was listening to uh, Ian Morgan Crone on an interview and, Mm -hmm. and he, and I'd actually never really even heard this, but he was saying that every type has all of the types in them, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's true. I know that I, I, you, we are not that one dimensional or even two dimensional that we only have our type and a wing. You know, I mean, we, oh, no, no. where the, the, the Enneagram is a, is a circle for a reason, you know, I mean, you mm-hmm. have your, your arrows of growth and stress, and then you have, they're all connected. You have all of them as a part of you, but at the same time, you also have you know, your dominant type, which is your type. Yes. Yeah. And uh, my trainers with the Enneagram like to pull up the, the symbol, which we all like to make the joke that it's like a Satanist looking symbol. It totally like, what is. is this cult? <laughs> what is this cult? Um, it's unfortunate, <laughs> but they like to pull that up and show like, you, you see all these points and arrows. Well, the space at the center is where God is mm. that, that Jesus actually embodied all of the gifts of every type and being whole does not being whole involves emulating Jesus. Yes. And, and so when I walk people, when I walk people through um, their type and, and their results with the particular assessment that I use the Wagner, I actually, one of the things that I find really interesting and important is to look at the the types that they are least dominant in, that they Mm -hmm. don't have very much in. And for me, that is actually um, my husband's type and Mm -hmm. one of his arrows. So the nine and the six are almost non-existent in me. And and it's so it's actually really important for me to to work on being a peacemaker, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and to actually sometimes I need to think through what could go wrong and there's I need to actually practice utilizing those energies and they do exist in me they're just like muscles that have have never been worked yeah (laughs) they're 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 atrophied and they're they're kind of hanging there and they really need to be worked so that's another really cool thing yeah absolutely I have I have no nine I have no nine muscles and God is, like, continually trying to teach me. I mean, my whole life, I feel like, has been him trying to teach me how to, like, you have a nine muscle, use it. Like, everything doesn't have to be a conflict, you crazy person. I'm like, but, I mean, I'm fine in conflict. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. I don't, you know, so, um, so talking about all of this, I definitely want to give our listeners some, like, resources, some, like, places to get started, I think. You know, I'm, my hope is that there are people that are listening that maybe have never even heard of the Enneagram, which we probably should have done this at the beginning. But if you haven't ever heard of the Enneagram, there are nine types. <laughs> we totally should have done this at the beginning. It's fine. There is the perfectionist, the helper, the achiever. KJ is a four, which is the romantic. There is the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger. That's me. And the peacemaker, nine types. Totally should have done the beginning. I apologize. It's like I'm almost like I'm brand new at podcasting, which I am. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some like resources that you love for the Enneagram. Like, what are some of your go tos? And we'll link them all in the show notes. Yeah. So I'm gonna be that writer, and my first one that I'll share with you is is the couple pieces that I've written on the Enneagram. Absolutely. Um, 
So I wrote some pieces with Relevant um, magazine, really because I was frustrated um, <laughs> at things that I was seeing. There was this one piece out there um, that just like was circling around Christian circles saying the Enneagram is just this like terrible thing and it was really poorly written and so no one really had responded to it so I wrote one about basically how the Enneagram can point you to God so that's that's really to give you kind of a understanding of using the Enneagram as a spiritual tool and how this is about you becoming more whole and more rooted in who you are in Jesus Mm -hmm. so that's one and then the other one what did they name it it's like um three ways of finding your Enneagram type that are better than taking some online quiz. I think that's what they named it. And that one is really about helping you find your type and begin engaging your type. Mm. And that one's really practical for people. And it includes uh, my favorite Enneagram assessment, which is one of the only ones that's actually scientifically validated. Most of the tests out there are absolute shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be frank. Um, Yeah. Don't waste your time on the on the free ones. They're, they're, and then if you're going to take it, you can take it, but don't let that be the only thing that informs what you think your type is. Yeah. Um, and, and it includes other tips about just taking it slow and how to think about what your type might be and then what, you know, how to step into that further. Yeah. So that's a place that I like to point people. It was essentially I kept getting questions about this yeah. and was like, all right, I need to write a piece. Yeah, like I can just point people to this and hopefully that'll be a really good way for listeners to begin. And even if you already know your type, there's a lot in there about engaging your your story. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other resources. I really love Marilyn Vansel's book, um, Self to Find, Self to Lose, Self to Lose, Self to Find. I think it's the order of it. And it's just it's really she has a good grasp on the story of the gospel Mm -hmm. and and knowing, utilizing the gospel story and how you think about your personality and where you're headed. So I think she does a really, a uniquely great job at that. And I really like Chris Hewitt's book, Sacred Enneagram as well. I love, I love the invitation that he offers for spiritual formation. And, and I think it it just makes me really glad that that book is gain is growing in popularity Mm -hmm. because as we've talked about with the like surface level engagement of the Enneagram, um, a book that's focused on just um, self-awareness only can take you so far, but what, but that book really will help uh, you step into the transformation that we've been talking about really practically. Absolutely. It's a great, a great resource for sure. It is. Yeah. And then, I mean, I always, of course, like I love the road back to you and I love the road back to you podcast. Definitely. Yeah. I think a really like typology typology is a really wonderful one one of his podcasts. Um, and I think that you actually, it's funny. You mentioned the Enneagram Institute earlier. That's where I started. Yeah. And it's a great, it's It's a a great great starting place for sure. For sure. Um, it's it's a lot of information. It breaks it down really well. So if you're like just getting started in the Enneagram, you're not necessarily ready to like dig in, um, then that's a that's a good place yeah. to start. It's just it's finding... a great place to go for reading a basic type description. Yeah. And then the um type combinations on there are really mm-hmm. cool too. So you yep. can look up like like 
it's eerie actually how on it is of like the four with the nine yes um type really relationship of it's like reading if you want to know about my marriage go read this that is what my marriage is like yep. so that, there's some great stuff there, there is sure. and it also it talks about mistyping and mm-hmm. it, there's a ton of information on the Enneagram Institute so like I said we're going to link all of that in the show notes so this is like the most wisdom packed episode I think I've done yet. Um, so we've come to the end. We're going to do our rapid fire questions. Uh, yeah. The we normally I normally ask what your Enneagram type is. That feels unnecessary here. <laughs> so we're going to skip that. Uh, so the second question is, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Oh, what can pull me out of a funk? Well, <sighs> honestly, Taking a bath. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the funk. Yeah, taking a bath, journaling. Yeah. Those are good ones. Yep. I need some I need some time to soak in. Yes. Uh and then the last one is what is the last thing you watched on TV? The West Wing. Oh dang, that's a good one. We my husband and I went like binged it a while back. It's so dang oh, yeah. good. It's it's so good, especially right now. Yeah. It just oh, right. Gives, gives me hope. It gives me hope. I, it gives me hope in humanity. Well, can you <laughs> tell our people where they can find you, follow you, keep up with your book, all of that kind of stuff? Yeah. So the first and best way is my website. So kjramsey.com. And the fun part there, you can sign up for my newsletter I send out every month. I occasionally talk about the Enneagram. I talk about spiritual formation, um, you know, attending to the pain in our lives. And then I write almost daily on Instagram. And that is Katie Joe Ramsey. And we'll, you'll probably link that in there. It's yep. J-O, not, not no E in there. But yeah, on Twitter and Facebook too. But Instagram's where... I love to interact with readers the most. Yeah. And like you said, we'll link all of that in your show notes, which is, as always, uh, confessionsofacrappychristian.com. KJ, thank you so much for coming on. And, dude, like dropping some Enneagram knowledge. I love it. It was so fun. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh?
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.